Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706 706-0111. We're going to be talking a little Cajun baseball at 9.35-ish and Astros at 10.15-ish. Want to make sure tomorrow is going to be basically like a Monday, like a Monday after the Saints played. I mean, it's going to the first round of the draft will have taken place. So we don't, you know, it's going to be two hours of trying to figure out what in the world, either celebrating or. Do you know CPR? Like, I mean, who knows? We, 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 we have to be ready for all circumstances tomorrow. I will have 911 on tap. Um, I have not technically certified right now for CPR, but I'm certified multiple times in the past at least 10 years for CPR. So I know how to do that. Uh, Ray, well, actually, I only watch you be here. So I'll ask Tanya to help me out and make sure we can stand to do other stuff for the station. We also have a poem. I don't know if you heard the poem, but that was about you. I did not hear a poem. It says, it's draft day today, so now we wait. Two first-round picks, two love or two hate. Foot wool fretting over each choice. Don't be a QB because he'll have no voice. He'll come on, come on at 9 and be done by 11. God bless you all at 103.7. <laughs> Who did this? This is uh, Steve Flint. We call him Salty Steve. All Usually right. he has yeah. uh, some saltiness. That's, that's pretty cool. That wasn't very salty. That was nice. No, that was yeah. not, but it was very nice. Yes. I thought I had to share it with you. <laughs> um, um, I'm a big fan of Willie Calhoun. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all knew that, but first of all, I think it's a great name, Willie Calhoun. <laughs> um, and then I really like the fact that last night when the Astros were trying to close the game, I, I'm watching the game, and they, they decide they're going to try to close with Ryan Stanek. And I'm like, uh-oh. This does not look like a good a good plan. Like I don't, I Hector Neris, I just trust him more. And but Hector pitched the not the eighth, and when I pitched when I when I saw Hector come out for the eighth, with, in a four to two game, I'm like, uh oh, who's who are they thinking is going to close the ninth? I was thinking maybe Montero, but Montero had just pitched a day before, so I didn't know if they'd go with him. And, of course, they went with Ryan Stanek, and, oh, man, was that trouble. Um, but they had runners on second and third. Astros up two with no outs in the bottom of the ninth. And Brad Miller hits a high hopper to first with the infield back. And my man Willie Calhoun stays at third. He does not run home. So I am a big fan of Willie Calhoun right now. I appreciate him not running the bases properly. And, I mean, the Astros might have still won. Who knows what would have happened. I mean, but but it uh, it certainly helped the cause. So some kind of way they got out of it, and they won the game 4-3. to three. And so that's 
You know, my goal going into the series was to win two out of four. They won two out of three. So today's a little bit of a Lanyab game. And it's an afternoon game, which we discovered a couple weeks ago. So it's all good. Hopefully, um, man, if they could win, it just put me in a good frame of mind this afternoon going into the draft tonight. I do have a little snippet of sound for you, though, that you requested last week. I don't remember where it. For those of you who are wondering why I brought up Carly Simon's name, I think it was yesterday. That's why. That song. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot when you said her name. I was like, that name sounds familiar because I just looked at it on my computer because I made the yes. clip yesterday. That's why I, w- I mean, the anticipation for the last month has just been brutal. <laughs> and we're down to zero. Today is zero. Yes, we have nine hours, 52 minutes, and 30 <sighs> seconds left. All right, so my job in my mind for myself and for y'all has been to prepare us for what could happen. And um, I think we're somewhat prepared. I'm still not totally convinced that we're totally prepared because here's here's what, you know, we talked about this at times over the last month, but, but here's what hit me again this morning. Last year at this time, Let's be honest. How many of us said, I think the Saints are going to pick Peyton Turner in the first round, defensive lineman out of Houston? Like, did anyone say that? I, I I don't know that any of us. Now, some people say, I never heard of Peyton Turner. I had certainly heard of him, and I had certainly seen him in a few mock drafts. One or two, you know, late in the first, a little later in the first round, and then maybe early second round. On some draft boards, he was a huge reach, and on some draft boards, he was just a little bit of a reach. But no one, no one that I had heard predicted him, the Saints, to pick him in the first round. So who is potentially the Peyton Turner of this year? That's kind of what I'm trying to establish today before we leave so we can be prepared for whatever happens. I mean, we we do not want to be caught off. That's the worst thing you can do is be caught off guard. You got to be prepared. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. didn't quite hold on. You can try to try back if you would like. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Here's some of the interesting stuff that's going on right now. It's hard for me to believe. Like, why have we not heard? There are two, there are two or three players right now that so say suddenly have all these injury concerns. Like, where does this come from? When did they get hurt? Like, Evan Neal. Now, you see these reports here and there out. Suddenly, Evan Neal has injury concerns. Well, where were these injury concerns two weeks ago and four weeks ago and six weeks ago? All of a sudden, I have now seen two mock drafts 
that have the Saints picking Evan Neal, which wasn't even anywhere near the radar for any of us. And I guess the reason why is suddenly there's some surfacing of some reports that he might have medical concerns, even though he never missed a game at Alabama his whole career, ever. So, and one of the guys who I was going to say could be this year's, we talked about him a little bit about a month ago. I haven't really mentioned him much since. He's got a little Gus in him. Is Bernhard Raymond, offensive, I can't remember now, one of the right, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, one of the uh, smaller Michigan schools. Six, seven, a little over 300 pounds, comes from Austria. I mean, he would be Gus, too. If, if the Saints drafted this guy, he would be Gus, too. But so say he's got injury concerns now. He is from Central Michigan. Central Michigan, mm-hmm. okay. Man, I, like, I, you know, is this all a smokescreen lie stuff? Like, where is, where, I don't know. That 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 adds a whole, again, the only thing that you could quote call new or news is injuries and, you know, criminal activity that could mess a team up from picking a player. All right, let's go to the game hotline, see if Manny is a little more sane than I am right now. No, of course not. I'm not sane. <laughs> and and, and you know, all these people calling in, yeah, I can't control it. I just live my life. <laughs> what kind of, yeah, guess what? If I could control it, uh, we wouldn't have to worry about all this foolishness. Right. It, 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 so, I mean, yeah, I just live my life. I sure wish I could control it. I could live my life a lot more peacefully. Okay, <laughs> yes. Jim, let's get down to the bat brass tacks this morning. All right, so. Yesterday, you know, I crunched the numbers like doing your math, which, you know, I'm an English guy. I'm not really, uh, you know, math's not my strong suit. I, I can do the basics. But, okay, so I came up with about the same as you. I got about 16, maybe 17 people, you know, maybe 15. I don't know. But this is what I'm pretty sure. They're going to reach for this edge rusher, the uh, boy from Florida State. What's his name? Johnson? That's yeah, but I, I have him in the top 15. You didn't have, you don't have him in the top 15? No, I didn't initially, but, uh, you know, now I see almost everybody has him as a top 12, 13, 14 guy. So, okay, they're going to reach for him. Uh, okay, now, the only thing is, I think somebody's going to reach for this uh, McDuffie cornerback guy because, you know, that's a position that everybody, you know, I mean, they're so coveted, you know, and it's a high-paying position. So, you know, that that's the new thing now everybody talks about. Oh, you got to maximize the four-year right. uh, potential of the rookie contract. This morning, okay. I had him in the top 15 for, for a month in my mock draft. This morning, I moved him down. So we'll see if I if I may, if I I regret that or not. We'll see. Okay, I'm pretty sure, you know, also that the other defensive tackle from from uh, Georgia, some people are in love with him. Not the big boy, the other one. You know, there's two of them. Right, Wyatt, guys. right. Uh, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a few reaches. So I think – uh, man, okay, so here's the question. If the top four wide receivers are gone at 19, what, what, would you take Burks? 
I mean, would you be, accept the ball from uh, Arkansas? Or the well, from actually, Dakota? I think North, uh, both are kind of very marginal, in my opinion, at 19. I agree, but actually today, this morning, for the first time ever, I put I wrote Burks down for not, at 19. Yeah, I, yes. I mean, I think I would take Burks because I think he's going to be a good NFL player. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I think he's going to be a real good possession guy. I mean, he makes, you know, he's a high point guy. I mean, I would take Burks, but, uh, uh, you know, he's not obviously not the top four, but he and the kid from North Dakota are, are uh, kind of, you know, kind of going back and forth in my mind. I just think Burks is a little more uh, accomplished. You know? Right, so right. I, I, either one of those guys. Okay, now let me ask you this question. Is there a fifth tackle? That you would take in the first round is Smith kid from I've seen I've seen him a couple of times from Tulsa. Yeah, the is problem there, with mean, him is a lot of people think he's a guard, not a tackle. So I well, mean, it just depends again, on what I they read look a at. A couple of reports, Kevin, that says he might have, other than the kid from North Carolina State, he might have all the more tools than anybody. Any he, other? He, he's more athletic. Have, he's you know? more athletic. Yes, but is he yeah, a guard or a tackle? Well, they, you know, they have him at tackle, so I, I I don't know. Okay, here's my wild card, Kevin. I'm going to tell you this. I think we're going to get a tackle at 16, or I think we're going to package it. Listen, the, the boy, your guy yesterday talking to Niguez and Mesh was talking about a little package just, just to move up three three slots or so if one of those tackles or one of those wide receivers is sitting there and maybe give up a third, you know, with the with – the, you know, go from 16 to – Eat 12, let them have 16 and a third, and still keep you one and two, which I would definitely be for if it was to get one of the guys that they wanted. You know, but let me tell you this, Kevin. One I heard last night, Jeremiah from NFL Network had Pennington, uh, uh, you know, pinning the tackle, and yeah. at 19, Lloyd, the linebacker. He says, paired with Demario Davis and uh, Werner, and learning from Demario Davis, he could be the next great linebacker in the NFL. Kevin, how no, about that? I, 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 we've talked about that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know that it's a need would, I mean, because the Saints don't play with three linebackers. I know, I know, but, but man, listen, it, he'd be hard to pass up. But no, I him. think he's. I, I don't think he's going to be there at sixteen. But if he is, you know, again, it would be one of those things. He might be so high. He's one of those guys that I could see them having having him ranked between eight and twelve on their board to where and yeah. and they just right. do the best available athlete thing. I could see right. that. Yes. Right. right. All right, Kevin. Well, you know, I, I, I might have, I'm gonna listen. I might have to call back. Yeah, but, you, uh, please, that, that, please. I need all the help right I can now. get. All right. Thanks, Manny. All right. Yesterday, Jordy was interviewing Jeff Duncan. I mean, Jeff is like a lot of guys. Some people like him, some people don't. But he basically said yesterday what I said. He, I said 17. He said six, he thinks there's 16 players that are probably above the rest. And then in everywhere, any, everybody from 17 to about 50 is about the same grade-wise. That's essentially what I was saying yesterday. I was like one off of that. Um he also wrote an, uh, an article in The Advocate, and, and he said, look, 
I this is not intel. This is just years of covering the Saints. These are the players at each position that I think the Saints would, would, would fit the Saints bill. And I was surprised that most of them I wasn't surprised with. But the one I was surprised with, he didn't have either Ohio State wide receiver. He had Drake London and Traylon Burks. I don't quite get that. He didn't have either Ohio State receiver. He had Drake London and Traylon Burks. And if you remember, London was the very was the one I was high on the fastest first. And then I was like, man, I just worry about his injury issues. I just really do. Uh, and then to this morning, I wrote Traylon Burks down because I think Alave and all the other ones, the top four, are going to be going. anticipation it's time to play carly simon again let's take a time out we'll come back set the stage a little more for tonight's nfl draft i have a friend who had to leave work yesterday because he was having blood pressure problems worried about the saints picking a quarterback i hope i make it We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Old Tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach who put his tail between his legs and went back to college, where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about Astro Getaway. Astros will be playing the Rangers again a little less than a month from now. May the 21st, and you could be there if you join. Go to the website, register at the game clubhouse. You might win four tickets to that game, a ballpark tour, hotel accommodations that Saturday at La Meridian Hotel. Houston downtown. So great Astro Weekend getaway brought to you by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game. So sign up for the game clubhouse today. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. How you doing this morning? Good morning. Hey, buddy. Took your, uh, your blood pressure medicine this morning, huh? Actually, believe it or not, I forgot. I need to do it right after the show. You want to talk about a gaffe. Y'all might could just call me Willie Calhoun for not taking my blood pressure medicine yet. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about your foot. Yes. You still got too. about eight more hours to wait, man. Yes. It's awful. Uh, I got a question for you, buddy. Uh, your Saints, they wouldn't be interested in uh, trading those two first-round picks for uh, overrated running back. Crop top wearing running back, would they? Who's that? I'm uh, Zeke Elliott. I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, no. I don't want Zeke. No. The Saints love <laughs> Ohio State, but I don't think they want Zeke. No. Um, he's 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 Ohio State, man. Y'all like them Ohio oh, State. Oh, no. Players. They love the Ohio State people. No question. <laughs> no. Uh, 
yeah, I'm I'm just as nervous as you, even though you know, for my Cowboys, uh, even though it doesn't matter who we we draft because we'll end up uh, if we make the playoffs, we'll end up losing in the stupidest ways. You know, I mean, life's rough being a Cowboys, but uh, I just wanted to tell you about a dream I had last night. I had a dream that uh, the Saints traded up and uh, to pick uh, Desmond Ritt out of Cincinnati. Man, I don't. Oh. <laughs> but but it's a it, it's a glorious Thursday morning because my Red Sox finally got a victory. I think they were on a four game losing streak. Uh, but in the same retrospects, the the Cheetahs, the Yanks are still in first place, man. Yeah, don't, but um, my advice is don't even look at the standings. Don't worry about that yet. Yeah, we're still real early. I mean, uh, five names is Mariners are uh, still in first place, but. Uh, Usually they do get off into to, to a hot start, but I've seen them, you know, kind of digress as the season goes on or whatever. But hopefully they do good this year, man. But, uh, but yeah, man, I was just calling in to check up on you, make sure you were doing all right. We got a few more hours to go, but uh, I, I, truthfully, I don't think the Saints are gonna pick a quarterback. They don't need one. Uh, I, I've been seeing on a lot of. Um, Mock drafts, them picking Penning, and then with their next pick, uh, picking uh, Chris Alave out of Ohio State. That yeah, that's uh, the most popular pick. I just don't know if he's going to be there, so we'll, we we will we we will see. I appreciate the call, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Have a good one. Thank buddy. you. You too. All right, this is the seventh time. Just to give us a little history lesson here, the seventh time. The Saints have had two first-round picks. Uh, the first time was in 1975, and it was a colossal bust. 1975, the Saints had the seventh overall pick. They picked wide receiver Larry Burton out of Purdue. Uh, Larry Burton started four games, and he was not good. Um, Kurt Schumacher. A guard from Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's a recently good school for the for the Saints, but early on they didn't really get a whole lot of Ohio State. Rob Kelly and then this cat Schumacher. I don't hardly even remember any other Ohio State players. Uh, that's more of a recent thing. But that was both were just total bust. Uh, well, no, I, it was actually Schumacher that only – I just misread that. Schumacher played in 20 games, had four starts, and was a total bust as an offensive lineman. Burton played in 25 games over five – started 25 games over five years. So it wasn't like he never played. And he had seven touchdowns, but he was a major disappointment for being picked seventh overall in the draft. In 1993 – the Saints had two first-round picks. Uh, they drafted William Rofe with the eighth spot. Uh, ended up, you know, being a Hall of Famer. It's hard to argue with that. And then Irv Smith tied in from Notre Dame. And Irv Smith played in 50-something games for the Saints over five years that he was in New Orleans. But, again, he was okay. He just – when you draft a tight end in the first round, you don't draft one to be okay. You draft a tight end in the first round to be a difference maker, and, and, and he was not. Fast forward to 2002. Uh, the Saints drafted Dante Stallworth, wide receiver from Tennessee with the 13th pick. He played four years, had 23 touchdowns, started 33 games. Again, not like he was a bust. I was never a huge fan of him. I, I called 
Uh, he was just always too stiff for me. I just um, way too stiff. But, I mean, again, he wasn't a bust. He had 23 touchdowns. Uh, he started 33 games over four years. It just he wasn't who I would have taken, but he wasn't really bad. And then Charles Grant played eight years, um, had about a hundred starts. I mean, you know, he he was a, not an elite player as a defensive end out of Georgia, but he was a really good player. And again, he played for him for eight years, started. 106 games, so it's hard to argue with that pick. Then in 2011, Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram. You know, Cam Jordan is is arguably going to be on – you could argue Cam Jordan, when he finishes his career, is going to be on the Mount Rushmore of Saints players. I mean, you could argue that. Uh, Superman, not so much. So Superman has turned out to have, have a nice career, but, again, it took him four years to figure it out. Um, 2015 – Andrus Pete and Stefan Anthony. Obviously, Stefan Anthony had one year, but he wasn't really any good, and that was a bust. Andrus Pete, a lot of people think it's a bust. I don't think he was a bust, uh, or he is a bust. I mean, I, I still think he's an elite run blocker. He's just not. He get, he just gets hurt too much. Now he's not an elite pass blocker, and he's not really a tackle, even though he's, you know, he was kind of drafted as such and ends up playing guard. Um, that's where what I worry about guys like Tyler Smith. Is he going to be a tackle or a guard long-term? We'll see. And then, obviously, uh, I guess you would argue this is the best one of all. Uh, I guess some people could argue Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram, but I would argue in 2017 when they picked, uh, that's day one, Marshawn Lattimore at 11 and Ryan Ramchak at 32 would be the best of all of these. And hopefully this year's two first-round picks Assuming that they take both picks and don't trade back, or which I would not have a serious problem with, trading up would be um, needing you know medical assistance if that happens, um, and so hopefully that does not happen. So we'll we'll see. Just a little bit of a history lesson for the uh, for the Saints franchise when they did take. You know, of the 12 players that they took, I think four of them turned out to be total home run A-plus picks. And there were only three that I would call just total misses. Like, not like, you know, and, and then a couple were pretty good. To, to, to better than pretty good. But four out of 12 were just total home run picks, so. Hopefully they can uh, hit on at least one, and really it would be great if they hit on two. But getting back to the conversation that we were having with Manny, trying to figure out who could be Peyton Turner for the Saints this year. I think looking at, speaking of guards and interior linemen, I think any of these interior linemen, like Linderbaum, Tyler Smith, who some people say could be could be a tackle. Kenyon Green from AM. And the other position to look at is safety. Like, I don't think they would pick a safety at 19, but Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Could he be like a Peyton Turner for them? Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Could he be like, you know, most people have him at the top of the maybe late, late first round, top of the second round. Could he be this year's Peyton Turner on their board? 
maybe even uh, Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. I don't know. But again, I'm trying to I'm trying to at least prepare ourselves for this so we don't get totally caught off guard like last year. All right, we'll take a timeout from Draft Talk. Get our friend Craig Malonson. Of course, I might ask him about the Saints draft as well. Uh, we'll talk a little Cajun baseball. Next, after this timeout on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about Richard Seafood Patio. If you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, you need to uh, sign up for the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Today, you could get bald shrimp, crabs, all kind of grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, pull boys, and a seafood buffet. $50 gift certificate, Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, and all you need to do to become eligible to win is join the Game Cup Clubhouse again at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, we have with us Mr. Craig Malosso, I saw down there watching a very good softball game last night. Nice win for the Cajun women, and now we'll see what the men can do uh, this weekend a long way from home. How are you, sir? I am doing well, but the bigger question is, how is Maddie Hayden doing? Did you get to talk to Coach Glasgow after the game? Yeah, Maddie uh, stumbled. I, I was told that her ankle swole up immediately, which is normally not a good sign. Uh, and so uh, they were very, they were very concerned. I don't know anything official, but okay. I was told that her ankle swelled up immediately. So not, not a good sign. Center fielder, and it's funny the way I mean she just kind of tripped. Uh, and by the way, for anyone who was at the game and was wondering what in the world, why did they call her out? The reason why they called her out is when she tripped and hurt herself. Um, Coach Robichaux went over to kind of tend to her, and when he touched her, it made her out, which, you know, to me, that's not the intent of the rule. And yet that's what they call because he made contact with her uh, after she went, for, for you know, past first base and was injured, that, that, that made her out, according to the umps. Well, even though it's, the, it's probably the right call, it's like you said, it's not the intent of the rule, and – I'm just glad the game didn't hinge one way or the other on that call. So, I, I, I absolutely, and so softball will be at home against Coastal Carolina, and the men will be on the road um, against App, and we'll see. You know, that's a that's a lot of road for this team, and yet, man, that last weekend, and we were talking, and man, if they could just win two out of three, and they swept with gusto last week, so it's exciting right now where this team could end up. 
It, it really is. They're playing ball right now. Uh, you know, the last 15 games, you've got seven players batting over 280. You've got five players batting over 300 and three players batting over 365 in the last 15 games. They're peaking at the right time on the pitching side, the, the starting pitcher in, in April on the weekend, all under a three uh, sub three ERA and two of them at 2.5 or below. So very exciting. Very exciting. You know, the pitching, it's just absolutely amazing today. I wrote an article at The Advocate early this week talking about how, you know, this is a team that Coach Deggs has been saying all year long that this team is kind of developing a a reputation as being great closers or great finishers in in series. And so, you know, and it's so ironic to me, they use these pitchers – who were ba- essentially their closers and finishers last year, and now they're starters, and they're not just starters. They're not doing this four and five. And these guys are going seven and eight innings on a pretty regular basis. It's been fun to watch. And, and Coach Steggs even said after the game on Saturday that he felt that he in Schultz's last two outings, he might have pulled them a little quick. I think Jacob Schultz, out of all of them, uh, I, I just like the way he pitches. I like his demeanor on the mound. He's he's quick. He's fast. I think he keeps the batters off off balance. I don't like a pitcher that stands up there and that has that stupid fake throw to second or first when a runner's on base. Take care of your business, and the people and the guys on the base will take care of themselves. But I, I, I get what you're saying. But they need to change that rule. I mean, that's oh. a that's silliness. Oh, I, I agree. It, it, it was made to speed up the, day, the game, and all it's done is slow it down. Uh, I, and you saw it in Sunday's game. They actually gave a ball to one of our batters because the pitcher took too long to throw, and it was one of those situations that he was taking too long to throw, and the batter was attempting to call time because he was taking so long to throw. But before he could get the umpire issued in time, the second-base umpire said it was too long, so gave him, gave him a, 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 our batter a ball. Now, it worked out in our favor, but what happens when it comes out the next time? That's not the intent of the rule. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it at all, I, and I wish they would not. Um, I wish they wouldn't do it that way. And, and I got to believe it looks silly enough that enough people have complained, and they'll change it, but, but, but we'll see. Again, we're talking with Craig Malawson about Cajun baseball. So, you know, one of the things that they did last week is move Connor Kemple, who obviously, look, Carson Rockefort's on a different planet right now. But other than him, uh, I, 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 I've I been totally impressed with the season that Connor Kemple has had. I don't, you know, you look at him more as an RBI guy because he can drive the ball and he's not exactly fast. I mean, he's not slow, but he's not like a speed burner either. Moving him to the leadoff spot, what, what were your, th- were you shocked by that and it's worked out so far, so it's hard to argue with. Well, the, one of the things that we talked about last week, I thought you needed to drop Kyle Barge down in the in, in the in the order and give him a break and and protect him a little bit. The other thing was getting the guys that were hitting the ball at the time that are uh, uh, getting them up earlier in the lineup because you want them as at many as bats as possible. So it didn't. I mean, I kind of surprised me like. I read Coach Deggs' mind, but those are the things, the little things that help Rockerport too. You know, you moved uh, 
you move uh, Robinson Robertson down in the lineup to protect uh, uh, Carson Rockerford. So I I'm hoping that this lineup stays there for a while, and if it does, that means things are working out still for the Cajuns. But yeah, Connor Kimball is just. He's quietly gone around about his business and, and just has looked awesome. Yeah, I, I think I, I have as much confidence in him in a big situation as anyone. So, um, we will uh, three seventy five three seventy five batting average in his in his last fifteen games. I'll take that. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 absolutely. All right. So, where are you on second base? And and it was good to see. You know, CJ Willis got some at bats and had some nice at bats at, 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 in in the last series. CJ Willis has been. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Todd Lott a few years back. I remember staying. You know, we we would used to tailgate after the games, and Todd Lott was after every game was in the bat in the batting cages no matter if he played or not. He was taking swings and cut. And C.J. Willis reminds me of that that guy that's working while he waited on the bench, and it's paid off. He, he looked – there were times he looked horrible at the plate, striking out three times. But this past weekend, I hope, built some confidence, and I'd like to see him uh, at the bat. Now, second base, Rinconis, I still think, is the best defensive option, but he's got to start hitting but you don't think there's enough hitting in this lineup where they can it, it, they can afford to do that? Yeah. Well, it, to your point, yes. And I think I think it, it, there's if if you're surrounding him with with things like that, where you have Connor Kimball coming up next, I think that gives him an opportunity, even if he's batting ninth, because you're going to move Julian Brock up a little bit. He's been hitting the, the mess out of the ball as well. So you can you can kind of get that lineup to where Rinconis, if he can just get to two hundred, it, it'll benefit both both the offense and the defensive side of, of the Cajuns' play. Well, uh, and now they're going to app, and you know, on paper they're supposed to sweep, but I mean, I don't know how, how many time, how many conference road games in a row can you win? I don't know because they just swept. Uh, back-to-back series for the first time in eight years, and yet on paper it would obviously be a great help if they can get it. Well, we we I looked this up uh, yesterday. I was talking with Jay Walker. Uh, the 2014 team was the last team to sweep back-to-back series, and they only did back-to-back. They did it three times, but they never swept three series in a row. So this would be very, in my opinion, very historical for this team to do that. And App State is, is one of those places, the weather is going to be in the high 50s. They're going to have some rain off and on all day, but it doesn't look like it's going to be enough to cancel games or move games around right now. But the thing we don't want to get into is having your starting pitcher go out for three or four innings, especially since these guys are going deep into the game. And then you then you're sitting around for two hours, and now you burn your starting pitcher. Yeah, no, that, that that's always a, a complete nightmare. All right, so things are looking great. Uh, the people who were patient, that patience is paying off, and the ones that were impatient, I think, are getting uh, a little surprise here, a pleasant surprise, so we'll see if they can keep it up. Please uh, pray for me tonight, and, and, and especially if the Saints pick a quarterback. I will do that, and I'm hoping they don't pick a quarterback either. 
Oh, so. that would just be awful. All right, I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. All right. We'll finish out the first hour on this drive day edition of Footnotes. Again, we'll have two hours tomorrow. No guests. It's, we're going to treat it like a Monday after a Saints game. And hopefully it's a glorious, glorious day. We will see. It's time for me to go take my blood pressure medicine because um, Martin reminded me that I, I didn't. Uh, I appreciate that reminder. We'll do that now and be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10 and 6, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13 to 12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness and epnesis or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, 35th annual Etouffee Festival will be Friday through Sunday. It will include festival rides, food, bingo, live entertainment, such live entertainment as Jamie Bejeron, the Kicking Cajuns, Chubby Carrier, and the Bayou Swamp Band and Clay Cormier and the Highway Boys, just to name a few. In addition to the music and rides, there will be a mayor, Mayor's Cook-Off Contest on Saturday, an Etouffee 5K, and a car show on Sunday. For more information, visit ornovillecatholic.org slash Etouffee-Festival. All right, so... Uh, the, as, as we said, the Cajuns will be going to App State. We'll see if they can continue uh, to make progress, and, and, and the baseball team is doing great. Softball team did get a win last night, but as he mentioned, there was a um, there was a an injury to Maddie Hayden, and I, we don't know how serious it is. It didn't look good. She was on crutches after the game. And it just, you know, hopefully they can get Jordan Campbell back. Raina O'Neill did pinch run in the games, and she's uh, getting closer to returning. So she obviously would be a great, quote-unquote, replacement for Maddie in center field because she was supposed to be the center fielder before she got hurt and was the center fielder two years ago and was supposed to be the center fielder last year until she got hurt. So... If she could come back and be healthy and get in a groove, there wouldn't be an overall problem. It's just um, we'll see how that plays out. It's always scary when you get injuries, and it's really scary when you they start to kind of mount 
and you're like, man, what in the world is going on? They've had so many of them last year, and now they're starting to kind of um, get there at the same time that the team overall was playing outstanding. I think they've won like 19 out of 22 games or something like that. So hopefully um, they can figure that out and the injuries will kind of cease for the softball team, but we'll see how, how that plays out. All right. So we will have open phone lines in the next segment and in the third segment and maybe even in the short fourth segment to finish out today's show. But uh, so we'll when I when we come back after this break, I'm going to try to run down where my mock draft is right now and give you some reasons why that is. These injury things, they're, they're so hard to know if they're true. These late injury updates or concerns, it's so hard to know how serious the the teams will take these injury reports and and what they think about them it's you know it it just adds to the intrigue that's it for the first hour another hour to follow on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline, 706 0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get in. <coughs> We're trying to figure things out on this draft day. Again, um, Saints pick 16 and 19 yesterday. A lot of fretting about whether who was going to be there. Is there still going to be a, um, a player worth taking in the top 20 at 19? The new kind of way of thinking, and I, I, you know, I agree with it. I was bringing it up yesterday that there's probably only about 16 or 17 top 20 true, what we'd call top 20 type players, and then then everyone's about the same, which means it's good to have a lot of picks, but not necessarily good to. You may find yourself in a tricky spot, not so much at 16, but at 19. Of course. so, if you're a Saints fan. Watching the draft tonight, what you want to hear is a lot of edge rushers, a lot of cornerbacks, and a lot of quarterbacks, in my opinion. The more quarterbacks, edge rushers, and cornerbacks that are selected, the best for the Saints because the positions that at least we think that they need will more likely be there. And again, Understand that the Saints, at least their MO is, they don't always pick need. They are big on getting the best players for their board, on their board. And their board is not always the same as everybody else. They have, we've talked about it many times, very specific uh, criteria for what what a, a, a quarterback looks like what alignment is supposed to look like they they like size and speed and 
they tend to go to the bigger schools. And they haven't always done that. You know, they drafted Bloomsburg and some of these schools before, and it's worked out. But So they have very specific criteria. We'll see how it works out. So do we believe that Evan Neal is injured, um, you know, and do you believe all that quarterback stuff? Those are the questions that, you know, we can't know on this side. We're just guessing. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, you there? Yes, sir. Hey, I got a, uh, I got a draft story for you. Okay. <laughs> and being a, a Saints fan as we are and a 49ers hater, you're going to love this one. 19, 1995, uh, I'm, in, uh, I'm in college at USL, then USL, and uh, I got four or five guys from me. We were all Saints fans, and we are uh, watching the draft or whatever. I think that's the year we either took Wayne Martin or Ronaldo Turnbull, whatever. But we get to pick number nine, and the Browns have the pick, and there's a trade. Paul Tagli moves up there, and he's missing the trade or whatever. And he mentioned San Francisco 49ers. And what do you hear? Up, up, up. What do we have here? Up. You know who I'm talking about, huh? Who's that? That fat 49er loving pig, Chris Berman. Oh, yeah. He loves him. Oh, yeah. Boy, he was on. 49ers moving up. Oh, here we go, you know. And all of a sudden, the whole, the whole draft, all ESPN goes. 15, 20 minutes, they had traded up to take J.J. Stokes, the wide receiver from UCLA. And that fat 49er-loving pig is talking about, oh, it's the heir apparent to replace Jerry Rice. You know, and it was, um, I think Al Toon was in the draft and then, and the Brown guy. Anyway, oh, he just thought for sure they had just made the steal of the draft and everything was going to be there. The, the next Jerry Rice and Boy, was he not wrong with that loser, J.J. Stokes? Yeah, that was great. Boy, that was so flipping good for the 49ers. They thought for sure they had the next Jerry Rice. Well, let's just oh, let's just let's great. just make let's just hope that if the Saints do draft a wide receiver know, in the I first know, round, he's better than J.J. Stokes. That. I know where you're going with that, you know. But I, but I don't see any quarterback that they claim is going to go in the first round while we would take any one of them guys. None of those guys impressed me whatsoever. None. Yeah, none of them are first-round picks. No question. No, none, none, none. And they say the Lions might take uh, Bobby Scott at number two. How can you possibly consider that? I, I, I don't believe it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't believe it. But we'll see. But look again. If it happens, it's great for the Saints. Exactly. But but I but, but I don't I, I don't believe it's it. going to happen. Now, who is your who is your can't miss pro- prospect in the draft? I mean, you're going to say there's no way this guy can miss. I like Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that's my can't miss pro- prospect. I don't think I don't think it's possible that an edge rusher though can be a can't miss prospect. I I, I, oh, there's I, been, there's, I think there's the been, offensive been some tackles ones in the past. That I'm going down the drain. I think Hamilton and the, and the two or three top tackles are 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 the, are the biggest can't miss prospects. Really, you think that NC State guy is is, is a can't miss? Well, oh, I think he's good. Yes, 
I think the tackles, okay. I think the tackles and the safety are the best players. Now, again, they might not be the right position for whatever team you are, but right. I, I think right. they have the best chance of hitting because by because by definition, offensive linemen just hit more than most of these other positions. All right. I can I can go with that. Uh, the guy from NC State, boy, that just I don't know. He I hope I hope he goes very very high early and get get him off the board because I don't I don't I don't like that guy. Well, he's gonna go but in the he's gonna go in the top ten or twelve for sure. And you know, there's some people that wouldn't be shocked if he's number one. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if him or Neil are number one. But you know, wouldn't he? I hope yeah. he does. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I appreciate the call. All right. Take Bye. care. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Hello, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how this thing is going to go. You ready? Got I'm, a pen? I'm ready. Okay, either Charles Cross or Trevor Penning at number 16. Christian Watson at number 19. I could have uh, P, huh? Petrie, Petrie, with Baylor, he's going to be your safety at forty nine. If not, they're going to get Perry and Winfrey, or they're going to get Jaquan Brisker. At forty nine, at ninety eight, you're going to have Damian Pierce, James Cook, or the uh, linebacker out of Montana State. At one twenty. You're going to have one of the same combination. You're going to have a running back and a linebacker right there or a tight end. At 161, Percy Butler at safety. And at 194, Horvath from Purdue at running back. That's your draft. Well, we'll see. But but who do you think Seattle's going to pick? Seattle's going to take a quarterback. Oh, no. Okay. Seattle and Atlanta are going to take quarterbacks. No, I don't believe that. No two ways about it. Seattle and Atlanta are going to take quarterbacks. This is just like 2017 when you were lamenting, oh, we're not going to get one of the ten best players. These guys guys are not that. These guys are not those guys. Somebody told you, Marshawn Lattimore, we've been been fighting this same mess for years and years. It's the same go-around because you let all of these these boyons, they're a bunch of boyons, they don't know nothing. But they got jobs. I don't know how they got them. I don't don't think all these teams are picking quarterback. But we'll see. I hope they do because it helps the Saints. And and look, do, do you find it strange that Evan Neal and Raymond or all of a sudden they say and they gimp. I mean, that's what happens when you don't run your forty. You, you, you these guys. You, hey, they, those tests are there for a reason. And if you're too afraid to take them, basically, people, you open yourselves up to be talked about like that. It's their own fault. They didn't go out and do what they could. But have I mean, done Evan Neal never missed position. a game in his career, like. Unless there's a, unless they know of a specific injury, like I, I just don't know how you just come up with this stuff. Well, evidently, well, with agents misinformation. How do they come up with all of the stuff they come up with about the coronavirus? 
how did they come up with all the stuff they came up with about the election? People lie. It's 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 that's it, unfortunately that's the world we live in. And when you're talking about money and agents and, and other players and and you're and you're talking about corruption and misinformation, and that's going to happen. And the way to the way to keep that from happening is to run your forty time, do your cone drills, do your bench presses. If you don't do bench presses, everybody's going to say you're weak. If you do your bench presses and you do thirty. Nobody's going to say nothing if you're an offensive tackle, okay? You don't have to do 45. Just uh, do 25. If you're doing 25 and you're beating people up all over the football field, and nobody's going to – oh, hey, they did 25, they're good. You know what I'm saying? No, I hear do you. your stuff. That's why it's there, to keep people from running their mouths. If you don't do it, you open yourself up for criticism and you open yourself up to be knocked down the food chain. How many times have we seen this happen with Warren Sapp, with Randy Moss, with all kinds of players as far as the physical stuff goes? You got Jamison Williams. You know, he was all the way out of the first round. Now, well, he might be back in the middle of the first round. Uh, But then again, he might be back out of the first round. And I can tell you, if the Saints don't get Christian Watson, it'll be because Jamison Williams is on the board. If Jamison Williams is on the board, they'll take him. If not, they'll take Christian Watson at 19. But they're going to take a tackle. Whatever they have to do, they're going to get a tackle. All his quarterback stuff was nothing but people running their mouths to get attention, to get clicks online. Uh, All right. I I hope you're right. Thanks for the call. I – um. Again, I agree with him about the Saints quarterback thing, but I don't agree with him that I, I just, you know, a lot of people think the Arnolds, the Falcons, and, and the Seahawks are going to pick uh, quarterbacks. And again, I hope they do. It helps the Saints, but I don't think any, I, I just don't think they're, you know, I thought for the longest time the Arnolds were, but the more I think about it, it's like, okay. If you are the head coach at Arnold's and all the talk is, if I don't get it done this year, I'm getting fired, then why would you pick a quarterback? How is a quarterback going to help you? You've been been needing offensive line help for years. You know, you, you, you based your whole team on this running back who's always hurt. You need, and your offensive line has been a question mark for years. Your defense really isn't that bad. You just don't score enough. And so how is picking a clipboard quarterback who's really a second or third round talent going to help your football team and keep you from being fired this year? Now, I understand the head coaches don't, you know, have some influence, but they don't make the final call in most cases, depending on the team. I just, I'm just wondering, I, I just, I don't think, I know when I talk to Jake, he's like, man, I sure hope they don't pick a quarterback. I mean, you know, obviously he's still a big fan of the Arnolds. Uh, he played there and lived there and and it still does announcing for him. And and he wants a he wants an offensive line. Most quarterbacks do. <laughs> and and again, I really think, you know, I'm sure some of them like Cross and some of them like uh, Iquanu and, and and some like Neil, whichever one you go, I, I just I really think those guys are. I mean, anybody can get hurt, and, and their career end up being relatively a bust, 
or a wasted pick. But I think if they're healthy, I think those guys are going to be good football players. And, and, I, and I think Hamilton is as well. But we'll see. All right. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to take one more little detour. Talk a little Astros, and then on the on the in the in the on the third segment, we will I will kind of give you my mock draft because you got to make it official. You can't say well you got this many right or that many right or any of that kind of stuff. So uh, I'll try to give you what I have right now, and if they go a bunch of quarterbacks, I'm going to be wrong, and I'm going to be wrong with a smile because that's going to help the Saints. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of Saints fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on 10. 3-7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. The game we have with us, Patrick McClellan. And I don't know about you, but I have a new favorite player in the major leagues, and he doesn't play for the Astros. His name is Willie Calhoun. <laughs> Willie Calhoun's your favorite player now? Yeah, he's my favorite player because last night he was on third base and the Ast- it looked like the Astros were in big trouble because I don't really trust Ryan Stanek as a closer. Runners on second and third, nobody out. And uh, Brad Miller hits a high looping ground ball to the first baseman who's playing back. And Willie thought he should stay on third base. So I think that makes him a fine human being. I, I have to agree with you. That was a terrible base running blunder. I don't know, Willie. I, Willies are typically anybody named Willie is typically good in my book. They're usually pretty cool. So that's good. shout out to Willie for helping us out on that one. Yes. Um, obviously, you know this is short term, and and Presley is you know all by all accounts going to be back. It's not like he's got an elbow injury or something like that. But in general, from what you've seen before so far, do you not trust Naris more than anyone as a closer, or who would you close? Uh, if you had the choice of all of them, would Presley out? Uh, I stick with Stanek. I, I like that uh, he has a plus plus arm, and uh, he he just seems to, it's just a it's a control thing with him. And I think if it, he's been pretty good as an Astro, I, I, he hasn't yeah he hasn't uh, he hasn't burned my trust yet. I, I stick with Stanek. I like seeing the one on one up there. Uh, it's a tough adjustment, uh, and it might be just my bias towards uh, guys who throw hard. But I, I've, I've always been a uh, Lean towards a guy that throws has a plus arm and they have to back end the bullpen. So I'm good with standing. Well, there's two there's two issues for me with him right now. One of them is obviously he's got to throw strikes, and, and, and when when he threw when he tries to throw when he throwing a hundred or one on one like he was last night, it normally worked well. When he tried to throw the split finger, it isn't working well. And I'm wondering. I don't know if you've been. You know, it's not so much an. I, I haven't heard the Astros talk a lot about it, but a lot of other. 
they don't a lot of players don't like the baseball for whatever reason. I don't think I think it's pretty obvious the ball's not traveling like it used to. And I, and I'm okay with that, but I'm wondering if whatever they've done with this new baseball it's affecting the pitchers because I I don't see his split finger breaking very much. Like the double that Garcia hit, it didn't break at all. Yeah, I, I've actually I've heard that there are it's not only the new baseball. I've heard that there's multiple baseballs in circulation. That there that they there's not even a consistent baseball right now. That they haven't figured it out yet. And I think that that's a pretty big conspiracy that they need to address. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree. It's definitely the baseball. Or and if it is multiple ones, it's it's definitely the lack of consistency. Yeah, they always they try to overcompensate. They give they juice them up so they can fly out of the park, and then they overcorrect, and the balls are dead and don't move. So I mean, it's like I I don't know. Yeah, they need to they need to figure that out pretty quickly because if they want to grow the game, this isn't the way to do it. Uh, oh, I, I'm with you there. Obviously, the greatest the best thing to see so far in this Rangers series is Icky, as I call him, Kyle Tucker is. You know, gotten you know he hit a long three run homer. He got a crucial three run double. You know, getting him back is obviously critical to this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was. I mean, I, I mean, other than Jordan, I think that was the main pressing issue. Um, yeah, giving him on track is. I think that that as the Astros go, as, as Tucker goes. Now, um, and he's driving in all those runners in front of him, which is what he's in that spot to do. So yeah, I, I mean, it's very encouraging. So do you have, you got, I mean, it seems like Altuve's really close. What are you, what is your best guess on him and Presley when they return? I think they're both very soon. I, if not, I, I haven't, I haven't heard, um, I, when is the, when is Altuve's 10 days actually up? It's sometimes, at, you know, this weekend. So then, I, then it yeah. would, I, as far as I know, then it would be as soon as the 10 days up and he's eligible, he can, he'll be back. Um, he's running good and uh, he feels good. So I, I think they just—it's early in the season. I think they took a few extra days there just to be uh, precautious, for precautionary couple of days to make sure he's fully healed. I think he's going to be good to go. And yeah, when he uh, when he comes back from injury, typically he's locked in and uh, ready to hit. So I, that'd be that's exciting for me to see as well. Last time we spoke, one of the things we discussed was the, the the center field situation, and and McCormick's done pretty well. He had a homer yesterday. He's gotten some hits. He made a nice play up against the wall defensively, and Series had his moments as well. I I guess it's good if they both do well, and it makes it a tough decision. But but uh, McCormick just kind of continues to. He made me mad two day two games ago when he was swinging. He, they brought a pitcher in and he was throwing the ball barely in the batter's box and he sw- he got too aggressive. But other than that, he's done pretty well. Yeah, yeah, you know that that's it's a good problem to have. You got Jake Myers getting ready to to be able to return and uh, yeah, I uh, this is what Chad McCormick did the last time where I when I was leaning towards Fury. He, he every time he McCormick plays, he does enough if not more, to uh, to warrant playing time. So I uh, shout out to him for that. I'm here for it, both of them, Siri as well. So, uh, yeah, if we have three guys in there that uh, are going to contribute, then I have no complaints. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't. Need, we can have three of them, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of talk, and you've seen it here and there. He's never done anything. Do, do you think they're going to release Baez? I mean, I had high hopes for him because he was a pretty good uh, relief pitcher for the Dodgers when they got him, and then – you know he's basically been injured the whole time he's been here. Yeah, I think that, I think that he's done. I, I I'm pretty sure that that's the case. 
Done here at least. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, that's, that's a shame. You know, obviously he he could have helped. Now Montero, who was a throw-in in the Graveman trade last year with Toro, he has been fabulous. But I, what I wonder is, it seems to throw fastball, 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 fastball. At some time, he's going to have to have a better second and maybe even a third pitch uh, to avoid the big slump that caused them to trade him last year. Or do you think he can really get away with this, just throwing well-located fastballs over and over? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I, I can go both ways with that. I think, I, I think I'm kind of with you on that, that anybody who relies heavily on the fastball is going to get touched up. I mean, you see Justin Verlander's as good as it gets, but he hit those too many fastballs. So he, they hit home runs every once in a while. And then bullpen guy, you don't want that happening. But if they, you know, if they pick their spots when they bring them in, right, uh, matchup base kind of stuff. Um, I think they can use them like that. Use them against guys that are maybe not as good against the fastball or, uh, yeah, just in spots where he can come in and, and throw that and get out. Uh, you know, one batter type thing. So, I, yeah, he's been great. I, yeah, but I'm with you. I, anybody who relies on a fastball is going to be at least, uh, yeah, is at risk at any time in the bigs. How how much time in your mind are you giving it to figure out if the team's going to be okay with the new pitching coach? And I know it's not a new face because he's been here, but he was never like the head pitching coach. So how, how much, like, all-star break, or what are you thinking, like, are you already at the point where that he's going to be fine? I, I mean, I, I lean to, I'm kind of, and this applies for the uh, entire organization as a whole, I, I'm just going to trust, trust that the Astros were prepared for Strom to leave. And if this guy doesn't know everything that Strom did or learned in all the ways, then I'd be very surprised. And if, yeah, I mean, I joked that they would have a, that they built a, a strong, a uh, artificial intelligence robot to uh, to do, make the calls from the shadows. They could do everything <laughs> he would do. Yeah. An algorithm-based robot yeah. that, would, that, that would do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm perfectly fine. I, I, until it's proven otherwise, I, I'm going to lean towards that the Astros know what they're doing. All right, so... Um, you know, they're playing a lot of road games here, and if they continue to win enough, it really could pay off down the road. Or do you see any early signs that this team is going to be a – you know, they've done this before where they were actually a better road team than they were a home team. Do you – is it – it's probably too early to know that, but do you see any early signs of that so far? Um, yeah, they were the uh, infamous cheating year. They were – so much better on the road than they were um, yes. than they were at home. So that's yeah, that's something they've done in the past. Uh, I mean, I, I I would be encouraged. I think uh, one of the things that hadn't been talked about a lot with this beginning of the year is that this has been a pretty tough schedule. You're playing some good baseball teams. The Angels aren't bad. You're playing the Mariners. That's a postseason potential team. You're playing the Blue Jays, a potential American League championship team. You're, You've been on the road a bunch. I mean, you yeah, that's a pretty tough start to the season. So the B500 is pretty ideal. I, I I think it's uh, it's not to be encouraged, at least to be like, okay, we're fine. I mean, to be 500 is just, I mean, that's about where you want to be. Just e- playing good baseball teams. Even the Diamondbacks just won two out of three from the Punks in, uh, yes uh, yesterday. So that was, I don't I don't think the Diamondbacks are all that good, but they, they were good enough to 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 beat them twice. So. So, do you have any concerns right now? Or are you just really pretty satisfied where they are, considering all the obstacles? You know, I I, I don't have any concerns right now. There was a, t- t- Tucker hitting was one, but I mean it's something we've seen in the past. Um, it's it's just so early on. I mean it's ten percent of the season. So what we get another ninety percent of games to go, uh, and to be five hundred playing 
decent baseball teams. I think all of the signs are there that it's all it hadn't clicked yet. So I think that to be nine and nine and have it not quite clicked yet is, is very encouraging. And you've got production from Bregman hitting. Uh, yeah, just that team has been great to start the year. So all the stuff that my question marks to start the year um, have all been answered at least you know through eighteen games. So I'm I'm pretty stoked. I I, I think they uh, everything's going to be fine, and we'll uh, we'll see them in the postseason. All righty. Hopefully, the uh, when we talk next week, we'll get I don't know four or five more wins because you know it's still not fun to watch them lose, even though it's early and you know that better days are ahead. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully by next week we'll have Presley and Altuve back. I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Yeah, here's right. a good one. Thank you, Patrick McClellan from the Lima Time Podcast. I, I agree. I, I think that nine and nine is is fine. Um, and I just hope that uh, they can get healthy and, and everybody can start hitting. And, again, the, the only kind of lingering question is, you know, how, how, how will the new pitching coach handle down the stretch when things really get tough? But we got a long time before we get to that. All right. After this timeout, we'll come back. Uh, no more time. Got to rattle off a mock draft and we'll – I mean, I know, you know, going in at 80, probably 80 to almost 90% of them are going to be wrong, but you got to try to just to see how many you're going to get right. We'll do that next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Major League Baseball is back, and it's time for a tradition like none other. Old school baseball guys arguing with the analytical crowd on why RBI should still be relevant. Show us that million dollar arm because I got a oh, I got a good idea about that five cent head of yours. No, but seriously, what the heck is war? Yeah. What? Who comes up with this stuff? You're killing me, Smalls. Now, back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Two foot nose, Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Statement Station. Speaking of the Astros, 105 today, first pitch. Game four to series. Astros have taken two of the first three after winning the last two against the Texas Rangers. 105 first pitch again today. And you can listen to all the action right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. All right. We um, have talked about this and that. We've gotten different people's opinion, and we've been stressing about this and that. And obviously, um, you know, so much of the talk has been about not picking a quarterback. But, again, I wouldn't have even hardly brought it up if everybody wouldn't be talking about it because I really – I just – you know, I keep telling myself over and over they're not really that stupid. In fact, I don't think any of these teams are that stupid. Uh, now, I hope they are stupid. And stupid to me is picking a second or third round quarterback in the first round instead of helping your football team. Uh, and, and so I, I hope that these teams are stupid um, because, again, it helps the Saints. 
I uh, I've gone round about again. This draft is so unusual because we don't even really have. There's not even a consensus of opinion who's going to be the first round pick. I always had a feeling that I, I don't know something about Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jags never made sense to me. The talk is that Balky, the general manager of Jacksonville, you know, again, who knows what it means. Most people, a lot of people don't even want that. They tried to get him pushed out. So he must have some power because he's still there. And he's his MO is picking defensive linemen, which he did when he was with the Cheaters. And, and, and they built some good teams that way. So I guess I'm going to go with Trevon Walker. And I don't, again, that it's kind of strange. If I was Jacksonville, I'd be a little worried because this is a guy who's just shot up the board from the middle to the bottom. And then now some people, supposedly Las Vegas has him as the odds-on favorite now to be the number one overall pick. And again, I think I think the, 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 the story behind that is that there really isn't a, a number one pick in this draft. It's a deep draft, especially in certain positions, but there really aren't any top five picks in this draft. What there are is a bunch of picks between like seven and eight and 19 or something like that. I mean, that's what there really are in this draft. There's no big time game changer um, player in this draft. I, I don't think that there are. They're just a lot of really good players that if you have a good team, they're really going to help you. And so uh, I'm going to go Walker one, and that's going to, you know, the perfect geographical marriage between Hutchinson from Michigan going to Detroit. Yeah, I, I've I've had Kayvon Thibodeau going or Walker going to the Texans for a long time. But yesterday when I spoke with Gerald, kind of talked myself into going with Evan Neal because their number one need is actually a guard and that get, Neal maybe could play guard until they can move him to tackle eventually. Of course, do the Texans believe all this injury stuff? None of us have any idea. We're guessing. But I'm going to go with Neal with the Texans. Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati to the Jets at four. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, five to the Giants. Aquanu, the the tackle from North Carolina State to the Ornals at six. Safety, the Hamilton. Hamilton, the safety to the Giants. Now, do I really think it's very possible that Cross could go right there. And I, I'm really, it kind of doesn't make sense. The Giants, I just think they could really help themselves with those two picks. It de- just depends on how highly they, because they really do need a tackle. And so if Evan Neal is not picked at three, I think he'll go five to the Giants, and then they would probably get Neal in Hamilton, and Thibodeau might fall. But I'll stick with this for now. Uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, eight to the Falcons. Cross, and and here's where I am. I've had Wilson to the Falcons and Cross to to the Seattle for like a, for a month. And so if I get it wrong, I get it wrong. But if I change it now and get it wrong, I'm going to be kicking myself. So I'm just going to keep it. Um, I think 10 Jets pick is going to be, I, I really, I've changed my mind on this a lot. I really don't know. Um, but for right now, I'm going to say Jamison Williams from Alabama is going to go 10 to the Jets. And I think the commanders are going to pick Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Uh, 12, Vikings, Derek Stingley uh, going to the Vikings from LSU to cornerback. And and that's one of the more popular picks of all of these. 13, 
Texans, I have Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida State. Now, a lot of people have McDuffie going to the Ravens at 14. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the Ravens are the team that are not going to be able to say no to Jordan Davis. And I changed that today, and I'm going to have I have Jordan Davis going 14 uh, to, to the Ravens. Eagles, I've had Devin Lloyd for a while. On paper, it makes zero sense in that the Eagles never pick linebackers. Their M.O. over for decades has not been to pick linebacker, but it just I just think they won't be able to pass this one up. If they do... To Manny's point from the last hour, um, you know, he might I, – I could easily see where Devin Lloyd is one of these guys that the Saints have graded really, really high. And look, it's not – you know, for years every, we slobbered for a linebacker. Understand the Saints' history. The Saints' history is when they pick offensive tackles, it almost always works in the draft. When they pick linebackers, it never works. The Saints have never in 56 years ever picked a linebacker in the first round that was good. Never. Now, you could say, well, Mark Fields was good. Eh, he was okay. Let, let, let me say really good. Mark Fields was good. He just wasn't really good. Uh, great athlete, but not a great football player. Um, so that'll be interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with pinning to the Saints at 16 because I think this is what they need. I hope he's there. A lot of people don't think he's going to be there. We'll see. Chargers, I think you're going to pick Zion Johnson, offensive uh, more of a guard from Boston College. And I wonder, he's another one that I could see the Saints have him graded highly, even though the position doesn't seem to make sense. I have Alave going 18 to the Eagles. Uh, Burks, 19 to the Saints. Steelers, a lot of people think they're going to pick quarterback. I don't think they're going to pick quarterback. I have him going... Um, Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia, going to the Steelers. Tyler Lindenbaum going to the Patriots at 21. And again, Lindenbaum and, and Johnson could be one of those uh, Peyton Turner picks that we that hardly no one's talking about, but they might have them graded really highly and therefore pick them, even though, you know, even though Saints fans, look, there are there are a lot of Saints fans out there that can't stand Andrews Pete and they can't stand uh, Cesar Ruiz. And so if they pick a guard, they're going to be upset, but you can't be upset if you don't like those guys because they were, they're, they're picking a supposedly a highly graded um, replacement. So we'll see. I have Christian Watson who um, earlier caller is convinced is going to go to the Saints at 19. And, and again, that would intrigue me. But I have him going 22 to the Packers. I have Booth, the cornerback from Clemson, going 23 to the Cardinals. I, I went back and forth with Tyler Smith and Kenyon Green, and I switched them and, and I, with them and the t Cowboys and the Titans. And I probably shouldn't have, but we'll see. Right now, I'll, I'll stick with it. Might might kick myself on that. I have Cowboys going Kenyon Green uh, the the uh, offensive lineman interior from A&M. Bills as another one that I've gone back and forth on. I had Booth, and then I moved him up. Then I had Dean, and I did, and I changed him. Uh, I, I have Trent McDuffie, the cornerback from Washington, going here. And then I have Tyler Smith from, from Tulsa, the offensive lineman, tackle slash guard, going to the Titans at 26. Daxon Hill, Michigan, safety going to the Yucks at 27. And, and this could be seen. It could be Brisker. It could be any of those guys. Um, 
but but I have Hill, and I don't know that they're going to like Hill. I just could see them picking a safety here. Uh, Pickens, kind of a stretch here. Go, the uh, wide receiver from Georgia going to the Packers. The chief picking uh, George Corvlatis, the, the the defensive end pass rusher from Purdue, and then uh, Dotson, the wide receiver from Penn State. The Bengals picking Elam, the cornerback from Florida, and Malik Willis, first quarterback taken on my mock draft at 32 to the Lions. Now, this is a mock draft with no trades. What do I really think is going to happen? I think the Lions are one of the, what there's like eight or nine teams that don't even have a first-round pick. I think... The Lions or someone else, this is what I really think is going to happen, is going to trade up to somewhere in the middle between like 15 and 20, which could be the Saints, um, and draft a quarterback. So I think a quarterback is going to be taken by it, not by the teams that we currently have on here. I think somebody's going to trade up into the middle to late first round, somewhere between, like I said, 14 or 15 and 20, going to trade up and get uh, a quarterback. But because I didn't want to do trades with the mock draft that I had, I, I I don't I don't think anybody's on my in a no trade mock. I think there's going to be one quarterback taken, and it's going to be the Lions, and only because it's it's essentially a second round pick, other than you get the guaranteed fifth year, and um or the fifth year option, and um you know they have two first round picks, and they can help their team at two. And still, and they have a really high second round pick. So it's almost a Lanyap pick. So I could see why the Lions might do that. But again, I think the Lions or someone else is going to trade up in the middle of the first round. So we will um we'll see how it plays out. Look, with the way this draft's going, if I get five right, six right, I'll be happy. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people getting ten and twelve picks right. On this draft, it is. Um, we don't even know who number one is. Normally, number one's a lock. We don't even know who that is. We don't even know if that's going to be a lock. So, anyway, had to at least say it. And so that way I can count and see how many we get right after tonight. But, man, again, if you're a Saints fan, this is what you want to hear. You want to hear edge rushers, cornerbacks, and quarterbacks. Every time someone before the Saints pick says Ed picks an edge rusher, cornerback, or a or a quarterback, celebrate. Celebrate and hope you can celebrate again one pick later. But I don't know if there's going to be enough. I still what in the world are they going to do if the top you know, all the tackles they really want and quarterback and wide receivers they really want are gone, which is very realistic if I'm right about the quarterback situation. If I'm wrong, then the, then the Saints will be good. So hopefully my mock draft is wrong and the Saints come out winners. That's the number one priority. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show. Zero. Today is zero. Our, the zero edition of footnotes. Zero days left of the draft. We'll do that next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana, Sports Station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? 
like that. Not all of them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father-son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. I want to remind you, if you would like to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, all you need to do is go to the website today, join the game clubhouse, and you would be eligible. So go to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, and sign up today. All right. Final call before we end this show, and tomorrow is either going to be totally triumphant, more than likely, or just completely crushing. We'll see how it plays out. Hello. Hey, how appropriate, man. Thanks for squeezing me in. Our mocks are really pretty close. Uh, I do think three tackles go in the top ten. I wouldn't be shocked if three go in the top six, which doesn't bode well for us. And because of that, I think the Saints get antsy and trade up to either 12 or 13 and grab pinning to secure their tackle that they that to me is their number one need. So I also think if Ove is gone at 19, they may even consider trading down at that point and grabbing one of those receivers that have some question marks. The other thing I'm surprised we agree on is I think Williams goes in the top 10. I think Atlanta may actually take him because they got nothing to play for this year with no quarterback. So I wouldn't be shocked if the best receiver in the draft, who's Williams, Atlanta says we don't care if he doesn't play the first half of the season, and they take him to secure a long-term fix at that position, especially with the craziness they've had at wide receiver lately. And you know they love Alabama receivers. Yes. So we're actually really close. I hadn't really focused on the back half. Once I get to 19, I kind of quit because it's so hard trying to figure out who will be there for the Saints. Yeah, but the way but I, this draft is, I, I honestly almost feel more confident in the last 15 of getting them right, and, you know, you have hardly no chance of getting any of them right, than I do the first five, than the first 15. I mean, it's crazy that, you know, when you don't know who the number one pick is, then you're, you're, you're in trouble. Anyway, I got to go, Joey. I appreciate it. We'll talk. We got two hours of open phone lines tomorrow. We can talk about it. I appreciate it. You know, I'll be there, bro. Good night. All right. Take care. Oh, man. It's going to be a long one. Appreciate all of y'all getting me to this point. Hopefully, tomorrow is the most glorious day morning ever on this show. We'll see. Have a good one. <laughs> 